you know, one of the, uh, I, I didn't want to over, I didn't want to just get your minds thinking about watching for pictures on the uh, video, so I, I didn't give you all the ones that I would really like for you to look at, because for me, I look at them at, quite often, and, and but the, there was a, the last picture was a man sitting on a park bench. Did y'all remember seeing that one, the last picture? There was a man, man sitting on a park bench. He had been given the gospel message, and he had sat down. He was already reading the gospel message that he'd been given. You see, in all the years we've been going back and forth to Bolivia, I've only had one person ever refuse a gospel tract. Just one. We don't, we don't have it like that here. You go to give somebody a gospel tract, it's, no, thanks, whatever. But we, we, we've, we've got it good and don't even realize, you know, what's going on. But we should be able to share the gospel message with everybody that we come in contact with. You're going to come in contact with people the pastor's not going to. You're going to go to school, go shopping, go other places. We need to be able to share the gospel. Because not everybody's going to refuse the gospel tract from you. But you won't know unless you give it away, right? Turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2, if you will, Nehemiah chapter 2. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here this evening. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, we have a short time. So everybody has two ears, so listen fast, okay? And we'll get through this. Nehemiah chapter 2, and we're going to stay in Nehemiah. We're going to read a couple verses in Nehemiah chapter 2, and then we're going to skim right through one chapter 1 through 6. But we'll look in Nehemiah chapter 2, if you will, at verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build so they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sambalet and the, Hor the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? And I want to focus on the phrase in this verse, chapter, uh, verse 19, what is this thing that ye do? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come and preach this, tonight in, in this place. We thank you for these folks who have come out. And Lord, as much as I could tell by seeing people come in, nobody was drug in here against their will, which tells me they come in with the desire to hear your word tonight. Lord, use me to say exactly what you would have. But Lord, it'd be a shame if we were going to Bolivia to win the loss there and we didn't reach people right here. And so Lord, if there's one person here tonight that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, would you 
draw that person's heart under conviction and help them to see the need to accept your payment for their sins and give them the gift of salvation. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, in Nehemiah, we, uh, we, we see that there's, there's a problem here, that they, they were going and they were getting ready to build. And if we look back in, in 2 Kings, and we're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but in 2 Kings chapter 25, we see that the walls of Jerusalem, they were, they were broken down. They were destroyed. The captain of the guards break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. The Chaldeans and, and the captain of the guards, they break down the walls. But you see, Nehemiah, if we look in Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah, he wanted to know what was going on with Jerusalem. And so he asked concerning the walls. And in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3, the Bible says that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnants that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. You see, Nehemiah wanted to know what the conditions were of Jerusalem. And we're just taking just a portion out of this, but there is a lot in Nehemiah that you can study, you can go. There's so much stuff there. But Nehemiah wanted to know what the conditions were. We don't have to know what, we don't have to ask anybody what the conditions are of our country, of Virginia. We don't have to ask anybody what the conditions are <coughs> of this city, this town, or your neighborhood, or we don't have to ask them what the conditions are right here. There's plenty of empty spots that should be filled tonight. That's the condition. You see, Nehemiah got that message delivered. And when he heard it, he just didn't, okay, well, you know, I hope things get better. You know, somebody, somebody will help. They'll, they'll build the walls up at some point in time. No, Nehemiah, <clears throat> he began to mourn over that. He began to weep. Hey, when was the last time we mourned and weeped and prayed for our country? For our area. When was the last time we mourned and prayed for even our neighbors? Those who used to come on Sunday nights. Used to come on Wednesday nights. Used to come to Sunday school. When was the last time we prayed and wept for those folks who aren't here anymore? They're only here on Sunday mornings. <clears throat> Nehemiah, he prayed and he wept. The Bible says oh, in, in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 6, he pleaded with God to hear his prayers because he just wasn't taking it to, oh, somebody will, somebody will help him. Somebody will do it. Nehemiah had it. He had, he had something going on he was thinking about. Nehemiah chapter 2, 
in verses 5, Nehemiah chapter 2, in verse 5, Nehemiah had a desire. <coughs> he said, And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy, in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. <coughs> you see, there was a reason why he was praying. Because he had a desire. Look, <clears throat> we need to have the desire to go out and reach the lost. <clears throat> and he wanted to get a hold of God. He didn't just, he just didn't say, I want to go and build it. But he asked for a letter for materials to build the walls back up. You see, we're going to Bolivia. We can't go there without the prayers of people. When we, when we see this, the request being made, we can see the method of survey. The method of survey. You see, he already was getting permission for <coughs> the, the materials. But then the method of survey, if we read down Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither I told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rose upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, <clears throat> and entered in by the gate of the valley, and so returned. You see, we see the method of survey here. We've been to Bolivia since 2011, nine or, nine or ten times. We're not building churches in the city of Santa Cruz. You saw in the video, the city of Santa Cruz, <clears throat> it's built in a circle like a tire, and there's spokes off of it. We're on the outsides of the city. There's 3.9 million people in the city of Santa Cruz. Our method of survey is we're going to the places outside the city because they're building the city in rings. The first ring, that's where the government buildings are, and then they build the second and the third and the fourth. They are on the seventh ring right now, and the seventh ring does not go all the way around. We have been buying property on the outside of the city, on the seventh ring, the city's building into us. You see the method of survey. Some of the videos, some of the pictures in the video were aerial shots that we use a drone. Brother Murray has a drone. I've got to get one of those things. Man, they're cool. But he has a drone. 
so we can see the areas that we're looking to focus on. You see, we just don't want to throw up a church somewhere. We, we've got to look at where it's going to be best profitable for the community and for the people. And so, say for instance, this third church that we're working with right now, it's on the outskirts of city of the city. They walk everywhere they go. It's about a block or so down the dirt road from the school. Everybody knows where the school is. Hey, the church is right there. And they're building into the church. We're there. We're ready. And we're, we're already reaching that community. You see, and <clears throat> we see the method to build in chapter 2 and verse 17 through 18. We read just a minute ago in, in verse 17. Then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are built, burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that, they had, that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build so they strengthened their hands for this good work. Hey, the method to build is this. Nehemiah just didn't say, okay, so, hey, guys, I've got permission from the king, and we're going to build the walls. But now I want you to go over here on the other side, and you take that wall over there, and, and you all keep this gate over here in this area, and I want you all to build the walls over here. No, he didn't say that, did he? All through here it says, let us, let us rise up and build. You know what? If we go to Bolivia, it has to be an us thing. We can't do this, first of all, on our own. We've got to have God's help to do this. We need your help to pray. It was a us thing. It wasn't a me thing. Going to Bolivia and, and building churches in Bolivia, it's not a me thing. You see, it's not a you thing. It's not, it's us thing. You see, in the, in the, in the video, when you saw where I was chinking out the walls, yeah, they make their walls out of brick because the termites would eat wood. So we did that for a week. We went over there, and I'm chinking out the walls with Brother Robert. My wife is back at the house there. She's folding tracks and John and Romans and people in them. It's an us thing. You know what I find interesting here? There's no begging going on. Nehemiah didn't have to beg anybody to help. What'd they say? Let us rise up and build. If we're going to do anything in Bolivia for God, it's got to be an us thing. We need prayers. Yes, we need support too, but we need prayers of God's people. We, we actually were trying to, at one time, my wife and I, we said, you know, we ought to just retire and go to Bolivia. And a friend of mine who's now a missionary in Guernsey was doing our cabinets, and he said, 
he, he, he was from Guernsey, so he had the accent and everything. And he's, he was our last, he was the last cabinet job he did for us in our kitchen. He was a cabinet maker. And he's sitting up there and he says, brother, you can't just go. He said, you need to go on deputation. He said, if for no other reason, but prayers. Hey, the Bible talks about praying one for another. We can't go to Bolivia on our own. If we go on our own without God's help and the prayers of people, we'll be back before we even get there. We need people to pray for us. Pray for us. The method to build, it wasn't a you thing and it wasn't a me thing. It was an us thing. Didn't take any persuasion. If we look over in Nehemiah chapter 3, the Bible says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren and the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it. They set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Mea, they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. Listen, and next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next unto them builded Zachar, the son of Emery. You know, as we could go down through Nehemiah chapter 3, we could read through Nehemiah chapter 3. Can I tell you that over 14 times it is said in chapter 3, and next unto them, another 15 times it is said, after him, repaired. You see, first they had the survey that he went and surveyed the land. And he, he went over to one side and he, he looked. And he, he got a picture from this side. He just, didn't, he just didn't get a picture from that side and say, okay, we got it, guys. No, then he went over to the other side, as we saw when they had the method of survey. He went over to the other side. And when he went over the other side, he saw it from a different angle. You see, there's, there's people on the other side of the auditorium that I can't see right now. If Nehemiah would have surveyed and just did one angle, he wouldn't have got the whole view. But then we see the method to build. Once he gets the whole view and the whole picture, we have the method to build over 14 times and next unto them and next unto them over 15 more times and after them repaired and after them repaired. Hey, can I ask you a question? We are going to Bolivia to build the wall of churches around the city of Bolivia, but who's going to be next to us on the wall? This is Mission Emphasis Month. We're going to Bolivia. I don't know where else you've had missionaries from, but the missionaries are coming in. Who's going to be on the wall with those missionaries? Are you going to be on the wall? Are you going to be on the wall with us? Helping us build the walls in prayer. Are you going to be on the wall with us? Or is it a missionary came, he showed a good video, he preached a message, and next Sunday will you remember it? Or will you be on the wall with us? Folks, no matter if it's us, another missionary, we need people on the walls with us. That's the only way it's going to work. If you want to build this church, he can't do it all on his own. It's got to be an us thing. Nehemiah doesn't teach. It's a you thing. It's 
us thing. Will you get on the wall with us? We need your prayers. Yes, we need support. Everyone in here that's married, I know you said once upon a time when you first fell in love, we can live on love. Mm -hmm. And then you all got a job because it took more than just love. Look, we need prayers. It takes money. It takes support as well working as hard as I can to get around to as many churches as I can. Our goal was to be fully supported in two years from the time I started on deputation. I don't want to wait around. We want to get to Bolivia. I've been on deputation for one year. We've been on deputation for one year. We're at 60% right now. We're trying to get to the field. We need people on the wall with us praying for us. You might not be able to support us, but you can pray for us that we can get the support so we can get on the wall and build a wall of churches around Santa Cruz. You see, any time that you do anything for God, the devil's going to try to destroy. He's going to try to get in, and he's going to try to distract you. And in Nehemiah chapter, <clears throat> Nehemiah Chapter 6, Nehemiah chapter 6, we look at verse 2. That Sambalet and Geshem sent unto me, and go back to verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sambalet and Tobiah and Geshem and Arabia and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors of the gate, that Sambalet and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave and come down to you? And they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then sent Sambalat his servant unto me in the like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. You see, we see that they tried to distract Nehemiah. Hey, Nehemiah, hey, let's, let's have a meeting. And Nehemiah said, why, why should I come down off the wall whilst a good thing is going on? We want to build the walls of churches around Santa Cruz. Why should we stop? What's the good things going on? I've had people say, Brother Blackburn, you're old. How long, how long are you going to stay in Bolivia? Well, until God tells us to come home. And I don't... You'll hear, you'll hear missionaries, they'll come in and they'll say, Isaiah 6, 8, Then said I, here am I, Lord, send me. And that's great. Let's finish out the rest of the verses there up to chapter, to, to verse 11, where it says, how long shall I stay? Till the, till the lands are desolate. How long are we going to stay in Bolivia? As long as it takes. I don't have a timeline. How long are you going to stay in Bolivia until God calls us home? Because we have a mission. 
I find it interesting. Nehemiah was given uh, five times. They tried to distract him off the wall. Five times we've been given our mission as well. You see, five times they just tried to distract him. Five times we were given our mission and our message. You see in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it says, go ye into all the world. Matthew 28, 19, it says, go ye. Luke 14, 23 says, go out on the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Luke 14, 20, uh, Acts 1, 8, ye shall be witnesses. John 20 and verse 21 says, even so send I you. They tried to distract Nehemiah five times. We're given our message five times. What's it taken to get, what's, what has it taken to get you off the wall? What's, what has it taken you? Ah, tired. Worked a long day. Yeah. We got the, I can't come to church. Got the sniffles. I see a glass wall there. Sit outside. If the devil can use, if the devil can use a sniffle this week, you know what next week he's going to give you? Just a sniffle. Hey, that's all it took to get you out of church last week. Let's do it again. Hey, don't let the devil distract you. Stay in the work. Stay on the wall. We've got our command that's been given us to us. The, the interesting thing, like I said, the interesting thing here is it don't say who. Go ye. As I read that, every one of us in here, we're a ye. It don't say, Pastor, it's up to you. You're running the church. Have at it. Sunday school teacher, it's all on you. Every one of us are a ye. Every one of us needs to go out and win the loss, stay on the wall. Interesting thing. In Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished in the 20th and 5th day of the month. Elu in 50 and two days. The wall was finished. Nehemiah stayed by the work. How did he do it? The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Stay in the work. Stay in the work this church. All these missionaries in all these countries, they need everyone in here to support this ministry because this ministry is supporting all those missionaries. Stay on the wall. It'd be a shame Just close with this. It'd be a shame if we were going to Bolivia to win people to Christ who walk everywhere they go on dirt roads 
and you had the luxury of driving in here tonight and maybe you're not saved. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Tonight could be that night. You see, the Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. He died for you. He died for me. The Bible says with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That got every one of us in here. The Bible says, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus paid that penalty for you. We all go to work, we, we get payment for what we do, right? The Bible says, but the wages of sin is death. That's a spiritual separation between you and God when you leave this earth. You'll have to pay for your sins. You'll have to pay for them in a place called hell. Eternity. Eternity in heaven, eternity in hell. It's forever. The Bible says, for the rest of that verse, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you can sit there tonight and you can say, well, Jesus paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, past, present, and future. I'm on my way to heaven. I got a brother that thinks that same way. lost. You see, it's a gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, I've got a simple pen here. And I want to give it to you. But I can have this pen out here all night long as a gift. When does it become his? When he takes it, it becomes his gift. You see, Jesus did buy, pay the penalty for us on the cross. It's a personal gift. You have to receive it just like he did. What are you going to do with the gift? I'm in court all the time. There's a man that comes in the back of the courtroom and says, Your Honor, you're standing before the judge. And the judge says, I'm putting you in jail forever. I'm going to put you in jail forever unless you can pay this fine, which you can't pay. There's a man in the back that comes in and says, hey, Your Honor, I'm going to pay his fine for him. And the judge tells you, he says, your friend's here. And you look back and you say, I don't know him. And the judge says, hey, sorry, sir, you, you need to go down the, you need to go down the hallway. You might, be, you might be in the wrong courtroom or something. Oh, no, no. I want to pay his penalty. I know he don't know me. Now, if that's you, what would you do? He is now my new best friend. That friend is Jesus. He paid the penalty for us. He died on the cross. He bled for you and for me. He was buried and he rose again for you and for me. What are you going to do tonight? Are you going to accept the gift what Jesus paid for you? Or are you going to walk out the doors? Ah. Oh, wait. The Bible
Bible says, Boast not thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Would you bow your heads with me, please? <clears throat> you say, Brother Mike, I've never heard it quite put like that before. And I'm, I'm not sure that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not 100% sure that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm 99% sure I'm on my way to heaven. If you are 99% sure you're on your way to heaven, can I tell you something? I'm 100% sure you need to get saved tonight because 99% will not cut it. You have to be 100% sure you're on your way to heaven. Is that you tonight? You say, Brother Mike, I'm not sure I'm saved. But I want to know. Would you have the courage? You're among friends. Would you have courage just to slip your hand up and say, pray for me? I'm not going to call you out. I don't know you. But would you have the courage to just slip your hand up and say, pray for me? I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I want to know. Is there anybody like that tonight? Brother Mike, I've not really been on the wall. I've not really been on the wall supporting other missionaries or my pastor. I've kind of let some things slide. Is that you tonight? Maybe tonight this would be a good night to reconcile that. Come to an old-fashioned altar get them things straight. Would you be, have the courage to step out? If you'll take the first step, God will help you take the second and the third. Pastor. Thank you, Brother Mike.